All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield holding it down for us in the DraftKings studios in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Got a great show for you. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating and check us out live here Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on DraftKingsNetwork.com. The DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku, and more. Some fun guests coming by today. Brandon Jones, safety for the Miami Dolphins. The now AFC one-seed Miami yeah. Dolphins going to stop by and tell us what life's like here staring down at the rest of those pores in the AFC right now with their unfortunate quarterback injuries and poorly timed bad play, all having to recognize Dolphins propaganda. But it is Wednesday around here, and guys, we all know what that means. She's back. She's better than ever. She's our wonderful friend and the co-host of Oddball with Amin El Hassan. She's Charlotte Wilder. Charlotte, what's going on, bud? Oh, man, that graphic every time. Uh, you know, I'm just phenomenal because I'm, I'm here with you guys, and Senior, you, you had a cozy fire going, but that has now been turned off. Did you get too hot over there? Well, uh, what happens is it's going, uh, there it goes, it's going back on, and then oh. it goes off. It's a, it's a gas fireplace. Now, it goes on and it goes off. I can't imagine that's safe, 
Um, so I was just gonna say kinda, that kinda, does not seem yeah. good. <laughs> I was like, is that a kind setting a or shoot? is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, well, no, no, it, it looks just, lovely. It, yeah, I think it needs a little bit of work. Uh, I'm a little fearful of leaving it on because when it goes out, but I think that the it's still going and it's not just gas being pumped into this room. So two things can add, three things. One, nothing. Two, mm-hmm. uh, this could blow up, which again, would if it's on tape, it would be great because you know then it's a highlight. Or three, I have gas asphyxiation and I just pass out. So, you know, okay. those are those are our options over the next couple hours. Yeah, don't love three of them, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that uh, we've we've got the good good outcome here. <laughs> yeah, it's like when hyper conservative football coaches talk about passing. They're like, two of the th- three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Yeah. It's like right now, yeah. all the options seem bad for my father and his flickering gas fire inside his little casita. So we'll see if Dad That's survives this, or if he just wilts right. over during a take about the NCAA <laughs> or about the Golden Bachelor, which we have to get to and wrap up with Charlotte Wilder. Some very shocking developments on that front oh. with Gary, the Golden Bachelor, and some things from his Not past so coming golden up. Anymore. Not so golden. <laughs> no, no, I'd say the headlines. It's a fake gold. The headlines were always going to write themselves, but uh, fake, mm-hmm. ooh, fake gold is a good one. Fake Golden Bachelor, mm-hmm. oh, even better. Fool's gold. Yeah. Fool's gold. I, we're cooking oh, with Jesse. Right gold. Oh, yes. Let's go. Let's go. We're all we're all rocking and rolling right now. I, I do want to get to um, Charlotte Wilder, who you guys can also check at the WilderThings.substack. In addition to all the great work that she's doing over with our friends at Meadowlark and Amin El Hassan, um, about the NBA's in-season tournament, as we've now got a Final Four set for this, the group heading to Las Vegas. And Charlotte, I know this was difficult for you because you had to simultaneously celebrate something that you've really enjoyed in the in-season tournament while also mourning the fact that your Boston Celtics are not going to be making it there and your other team, the New York Knicks, also got bounced last night. So it's been a real one-two punch from hell for Charlotte in the last couple of days. How are you holding up? You know, thank you, Mike. Uh, I'm never going to live the Knicks thing down, so I might as well just lean into it. Um, my husband is a Knicks fan, and he is away for work, and he's he's couldn't watch the game. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this for you, and I will be the Knicks fan in our household for you to watch this. That sucks. That is a horrible thing to be. I felt I was like I was texting. Him, I was like I was like I am so sorry that like this is your experience because they kept it close against the Bucks, you know, through the first half, and it was like oh my god, okay, like can they do this? And you know, a little voice in the back of your head is like no, probably not. But I didn't think they were going to get blown out the way they did. Uh, the Celtics did this in a slightly. I don't know if it's more or less painful. Um, they just did that thing that they do uh, when there's a big game and just sort of like stopped playing very hard in the fourth quarter for a little bit, which is super fun. I love that. Uh, hope they keep doing it forever. Just kidding. Hope they got it out of their system in this. But, you know, Mike, I did. Thank you for plugging my Substack. I wrote about um, the in-season tournament. I was not expecting to love it as much as I do or, or have as much fun as I've had watching this. Um and I think the added stakes, you know, there's like the the basketball work part of my brain and the Celtics fan part of my brain and, and that, you know, we put that off to the side. But the, the tournament itself has been just such a fun atmosphere and such an added little thing to track um, in, in December when that normally isn't something people are excited about. And by that, I mean basketball. And, and Charlotte, well, and, I, and I was right the same in, way. 
Yeah, go I, ahead, I mean, Gary. when this thing when this thing started, I was I was. What are we doing? Even the players were questioning when those games were until they saw the funky court, and they're like, "Okay, this is one of those games." And I think they grew into it even more. Now, at the end of the day, you're going to get half a mil. You're down to four teams that can maybe get it. As, as I've always said, it's kind of like the end of the Pro Bowl, which nobody cares about until the fourth quarter, and the winner gets double the money. Then all of a sudden, it gets a little more intense. So we're kind of getting that here. But this this in-season in season tournament grew on me. I got, to, I got to enjoy it. I think it's a good thing. I, I like it. Uh, so it has turned me, unfortunately, as you talk about your Knicks, that, that's not a game really, not really worthy of talking about is what, 75-72 at half. So as you mentioned, it was close. Then Milwaukee outscored them 71-50 to in the second half. So they, they blew them out, you know. And, and so uh, that I was going to say, game, Milwaukee, at least Knicks fans can take solace in the fact that Milwaukee did something that only 10 teams in NBA history had done, yes. which is make 20 or more three-pointers on 60% from the field and 60 or more percent from three. So they had an historic night. No one was going to beat that anywhere on yeah. earth, including no. the Knicks. And so you ran into something that was the buzzsaw we expected from from this iteration of the Bucks roster, but I digress, Dad. Yeah, and then then you go to the to the late game, and that was the game. Lakers beating the Suns 106-103. Uh, the, the Lakers yeah. had, what, 21 offensive rebounds in this game? I mean, AD had 15 rebounds. It was impressive, but I'd like to know what everybody thinks ab- about the end for those that maybe didn't stay up or you'll see it today. Go to the end. Devin Booker bangs down a three. I mean, that dude is just money with, I think, about 15 seconds left. KD hits a layup, so it's a two-point game. The Suns are down, and the Lakers are inbounding the ball with, you know, enough time, you know, under 10 seconds, I think, but enough time to do something. Austin Reeves starts to fumble with the ball, thinks he – you thought he kind of got it back, then he didn't, and the Suns got the ball. They were going to tie the game up, but LeBron, it turns out, had called a timeout, and that was a big discrepancy that everybody feels he called the timeout when the ball was not in control of Austin Reeves, so they should not have gotten the timeout. And while Kevin Durant kind of played it off at the end, Devin Booker didn't really. Uh, he, he, was, he was all in on uh, that, wasn't, uh, that should not have been a timeout. Uh, Charlotte, what did you think of that play? I mean... I don't know. The refs were like, oh, we went back and reviewed the tape and Austin Reeves had this pinned against his left leg. And I guess, I don't know, it, it, the, the calls like that are, are I, I sort of go back and forth because part of me is like, well, if you wanted to win the game, then you should have won the game. You know, like I think that there's an element of it that's like, OK, well, then maybe KD should have made that three at the right. end of the game um, instead of missing it. Uh, but I also think that in a game that is this hotly contested, that is such a, you know, good basketball, those calls do matter. Um, and I don't know. I'm always I'm always hesitant to be like, I think it was or I think it wasn't because I don't really know. You know, I'm not the ref. I'm not out there. But I do think that there is my default is usually what Kevin Durant said after the game, which is like, well, we should have won then. Um, But I also do think more and more you see refs. I mean, we saw it in Monday night football um, with the no call and pass interference where it's like, well, that would have changed the game potentially. So I I don't know, but, but also like, unless you want to go to robots, refs may not get that right all the time. And I think, you know, I, 
maybe it's wrong, but I sort of do value that human um, touch. So I don't know, what, Mike. Where do you where do you fall on this? So I would say basketball's always felt like a vibes based economy when it's come to a lot of the fouls that go on in the sport. And this was one where because of the order it happened, I can understand it having live. This is why we do default so much to replay now because you kind of need to help save the officials from what we see on TV. And what we saw on TV was Austin Reeves did not have possession of that basketball. They should not have been awarded a timeout. And this should have been a different ball game. To your larger point, Charlotte, 22 turnovers to the Lakers, 10 turnovers seems like a pretty good place to start if you're the phoenix suns and want to figure out where we actually lost this thing you did not take care of the basketball the entire night it was sloppy as hell and you let them stick around in a game where had you probably taken better care of it you were largely playing better than the lakers especially in the second half when you got a little bit less fiery anthony davis in that game but no it's probably the wrong one and now you know what this is this is actually proof that the in-season tournament is working because we got people out here going, oh, the fix is in. They wanted the Lakers yeah, yeah. in the Final Four. They wanted LeBron James in this. Even though having Kevin Durant and the star-studded now yeah. Suns super team doesn't really seem like they'd be losing having them in their eater. It's not like the Suns would be any worse for ratings. It's not like the Suns would be one of the teams that we would spit back if they were in the Western Conference Finals this year or the championship. But there is no doubt we've seen in the past when it came to the play-in tournament at the end of the season, Charlotte, having teams like Golden State in the Final Four, having LeBron James Lakers in the last group for that certainly did help, I think, proof of concept for that then. And it's not going to hurt right now. I'm not saying you need all big marks. Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers, the perfect example. I saw you wrote, Tyrese Halliburton had not been on TNT before the in-season tournament. And now everyone got to see his triple-double, his first career triple-double in a season where he's getting MVP buzz, where he looks like a top-five player in the league that's a huge benefit that should be the goal of the league is hey let's expose expose more of our great players some of our different great players to you in an avenue that we now have because of this tournament charlotte totally and i think even just the fact that we are talking about this in the a block of a show in december when there's so much football to be talked about is also a great testament to the fact that this is working and i think that Tyrese Halliburton, I was lucky enough to see um, the Pacers play the Heat last week in Miami in person. And there's something even more transcendent about his game when you watch it in person. And so I think that I don't know if that game, I, I don't think that that Pacers-Celtics game gets quite the same buzz. I don't even know if it's on TNT if it's not an in-season tournament game. And I think that it provided, who's to say, right? Like, I can't. There's no way to do a control experiment in this situation. Oh, no, I, I think you're right, though. I think you're. I yeah. think you're generally right in that premise that the Pacers wouldn't have had enough juice against the Celtics to be the game that people thought of in that light. Yeah, or even to be in such a uh, to to have a stage that feels bigger. I think is is such a such a win for the league for these players where everybody's like, oh wait, Tyrese Halliburton, and it's like, yeah, well, he's been doing stuff like this for a while, but like not like that, like that. I was also sort of surprised that it was his first triple double because the dude's playing out of his mind, but like great. Um, and I think that. That in and of itself, a rising star, which you need more of and you need young guys to be elevated. What better place to do it than the in-season tournament? Yeah. And I think that right now the league probably does have a nice mix of, you know, the small market upstart team in the Pacers. And then you've got the Lakers and the Bucks. I mean, I don't know. It's it seems pretty good to me. Right. 
Oh, listen. Yeah, I was going to say, Dad, your, Dad, your final four is Pacers versus Bucks yep. and Pelicans versus right. Lakers. And we didn't even get the good Zion in the Pelicans no. win. You had 10 no. points from him and everybody else stepping up. But you've got him now available for a Pelicans team that, man, if you're looking for other things the NBA would love, this Pelicans team now finally healthy with Zion Williamson on the four teams you're showcasing in three of them. Just known superstars. Zion, again, still trying to be there consistently we know when he's been on the floor he's usually been very good but the problem is he hasn't been on the floor and then Halliburton I mean you know that that's an unexpected consequence is the wrong word it's an unexpected thing out of this you we found and got to see this new superstar right and he's now in the quarterfinals going up against you know Dame and Giannis so what what a what a fun matchup this is and even as, as coaches have started this, hey, Darvin Ham said these players are starting to get into the spirit of the event. But then he gets to the point of, of maybe big reason why. Particularly, he says, with the motivation to earn financial bonuses for the teams. He says, they're well aware of the bag. Money speaks. And I still say, in the finals, I think it's about $7.5 million for the winning team. They should put that cash right by the scorer's table, just like they do in the World Series of Poker, and have it sitting right there knowing the winners, that's what y'all are playing for. I think that would be so cool because it's Vegas. I mean, I think that's. I think that the money is is great, to be honest. And I feel like there. I saw some people saying a few weeks ago, like, oh, well, great, that's incentive for the players. What's the incentive for the fans to care? And it's like, I'm sorry, why do you need an incentive for the fans to care when the yeah. players care and they're playing tough basketball? That was the first time last night, I would say, is the first time we saw the Bucks play the way we thought they would be playing. They went off. Giannis and Dame, what do you even do about that? And we hadn't seen that. And, I, you know, I saw the when I was in Miami last week, I also saw um, the Bucks play the Heat and there was just something a little um, lackluster about it. Like, there, I didn't see that fire. It was like, okay, you know, this was not um, what I was hoping to see from them. And then last night, it's like, oh, okay, well, this is the thing that everybody was terrified of and and seemed sort of undefendable. Um, and the Knicks were trying. You know, there wasn't a ton of defense in that game, especially in the first half. But I do think that... Um, you know, guys like Jalen Brunson taking those charges, playing really hard, uh, and they just couldn't contain it. So I don't know if that happens if it's not a game where you have a chance to go to Vegas and win, you know, the the guys on your team who aren't making bajillions of dollars, 500,000 bucks, because that's a lot of money. And it's a lot of money to guys who have been role players or who aren't on those max deals. I tell you, and this is something I've floated for a long time, money, at you're right, absolutely talks, even amongst these millionaires and guys who have more money than any of us could even comprehend. I do like the idea of them, instead of getting a trophy, getting the World Series of poker-style bracelets for winning this tournament. I think that yeah. would be a fun little twist and a good little bit of zest on top of this. But this also, and I saw Myron Metcalf, who's a great reporter covering college basketball and, and all manner of sports over at ESPN, float the idea. He said, hey, college basketball, Ball. Are you watching this little in-season tournament that the NBA is doing over here? Just wondering. I want to float that debt. We have talked about this forever. You want college football bowl season to sing a little bit different. You want some of these non-New Year's six games and non-CFP games to matter. 
put a bunch of money besides the field for those yeah. winning teams. Uh -huh. Tie some financial compensation to these players so that after Notre Dame beats Oregon State in the Sun Bowl in El Paso, they can go to the three-legged monkey and not have to worry about who's buying drinks that night because they just made $700,000 or whatever as a team sitting down there on the sideline at altitude. Because the bottom line, as we know, is players, when they go on these trips to the bowl games, get per diem money, and the per diem money is gone within the first few hours at the first bar the players <laughs> stop at. Because, and Mike, as you said, it's Not the opportunity to, drink nights, a, opportunity to drink in a different city, <laughs> one that you haven't you know, done in. But, oh, no, keep, keep going, senior. I was going to say, no, no, a dumb you're joke. fine. You're, <laughs> don't we all try and don't we all I, that was going to be my dumb joke for those of the of the nba players who are making tons of money you know what this five hundred thousand does how much how much how much how many players actually walk out of there with the 500 i would immediately <laughs> right. if i was one of the big money guys i'd be going right to the high limit room at, at uh, blackjack and seeing how seeing if i could stretch that money or if i lose it it was found money anyway not a bad idea. I was going to say we could see if Ron DeSantis can come up with, uh, you know, that money from Congress. If he's able to sue the CFP committee on behalf of FSU, maybe he can get some of that and put it on the line for uh, for March Madness. <laughs> what do we say? Oh, that's it. It's it. It was it was you could have set your watch to that kind of response from that particular man in that particular space once this opportunity presented itself. So we will wait with bated breath and see if Ron DeSantis can fulfill the prophecy that Charlotte's laid out in front of him. Charlotte, <laughs> I do have one question for you, though. Very quickly. Is your husband, who is a Knicks fan, also a Jets fan? No, thank God. He's a Giants fan. Maybe worse right now. Who's to say? Wow. Uh, coming up next, we'll try and decide if it is worse and hear from one of the Jets who actually wants to play quarterback for the team. Coming up next here. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. 
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Let's do a little QB news roundup because there's plenty of it to get to. So Trevor Lawrence has a high ankle sprain. He's not ruled out for week 14, but it has been said there's going to have to be a lot of getting better very quickly in order for him to play. The Giants had a decision to make with veteran Tyrod Taylor, likely to return from a rib cage injury. But Tommy DeVito has won two of his past three starts. The Giants have decided to stick with him for at least one more week here. In other news, the Jets waived quarterback Tim Boyle and have signed Brett Rippon. Now, guys, of course, the backdrop of Boyle's release is that Zach Wilson was reluctant to take the starting job back. Aaron Rodgers went on McAfee, discussed a myriad of things, but chief among them was admitting that there's a problem with leaks from within the organization. Whoever that person is that, that thinks it's okay, number one, to talk to anybody like that, I don't understand what you get out of that, number one. But number two, um, what do you, what is your impetus? What is your motivation to try and bury someone like that? Um, and that's a problem with the organization. You know, we need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately uh, because there's no place in, in a winning culture where and there's been, this is not the only time. There's been a bunch of other leaks. Big that, city, that a lot of out. reporters. I get it. A lot of friends. I get it. They're not your friends. Everybody's looking for the guy who did this. Um, do we think <laughs> that, it, guys, was it Tim Boyle? Because who benefits, I mean, who benefits from this? Was it Tim? What do we think? Yeah, I uh, I won't put that on Tim Boyle just yet, yeah. but that was the question that we did ask yesterday was who benefited from this news right. coming out? Was it the Jets to try and pressure their young quarterback into getting back out on the field after maybe, you know, as people have tried to kind of surmise, Dad, what actually happened here was Zach Wilson who was – probably weighing his future he is probably going to be playing for a different team next year the notion of having to start with that different team rehabbing based on if you're injured in this final stretch of games is certainly a daunting one thinking about it practically and so did a conversation about that end up turning into feelings inside the organization from other people that he wasn't in it or that he was reluctant to play and then now you're trying to use that to potentially pressure the guy back onto the field because oh by the way you as the Jets organization I'm sure would still like to win a few of these games down the stretch of the season so however it came to that point dad and I heard you say it while the clip was going on here Aaron Rodgers is right in that this kind yeah. of thing getting out does undermine a locker room now Aaron Rodgers also has a background of someone who is extremely sensitive to how he is portrayed right. in the media yeah. and to where information comes from about him we've seen that pop up in the past so not surprising he'd be the messenger on this one yeah and, and I mean but he is definitely right about this because go back to one of the other big things we talked about with Kyler Murray in Arizona we signed, when he signed the new deal. Who would it benefit for that clause to become public in that deal, right? That he had to do extra study time, you know, which is ridiculous. You'd never seen that in a contract. All of a sudden that became public. So to Aaron's point, he's right. You know, any kind of leak like that, it's always to benefit somebody uh, but can certainly, you know, hurt an organization or a player, and and I don't know who did it here. Certainly, I don't believe Tim Boyle did it here. But we talked about this yesterday, Mike. I mean, and Charlotte, uh, when Mike and I talked about it, he's a guy. We said if you're a, a, sta a Justin Jefferson, if he wanted to rehab his hammy because he thought it wasn't right for the rest of the year, everybody'd be like, okay, it's bum he's not on the field, but cool because he's you know what a trajectory he's on. Zach Wilson. 
has a lot to prove, and he ain't going to prove it by standing on the sidelines hoping to not get hurt. He's going to prove it by getting on the field and trying to play better for the next team uh, that he's hopefully going to play for. So it was hard for me, Charlotte, to believe in the beginning that he actually didn't want to play. And if he actually uttered those kind of words, that would be a real red flag for me if I'm another team thinking of signing him. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I... First of all, I hate agreeing with anything Aaron Rodgers says. So, uh, but I, and and I also think that the way he framed that is like the media is not your friend. And McAfee's like, oh, big city media. It's like get a life, guys. Get a life. Get over yourselves. Who cares? Um, this is what the job is. And and a lot of the like, I don't know, just drives me crazy. But I do think that when you have an organization like the Jets that has struggled the way it's been a toss up in the past, but right now we've got we've got our boy Tommy. Um, I yeah. panicked as we were going to break. So I, I think that something like this, um, I wouldn't blame Zach Wilson, to be perfectly honest. I would not blame him if he was like, okay, why should I go out there when you guys have continuously put me in a, in a situation where I can't receive, uh, not to succeed? The Jets' O-line has been an absolute disaster. Their receivers haven't been great. Obviously, this is, Zach said, like, this is not... Um, None of that's excuses. Like, it's on me to go score touchdowns, and I'm not doing that. But I I think if you're going to have an organization with any chance of, if not winning, not falling apart completely, you can't have people putting stuff like this out there, um, even though I think it is very possible that the way it was said is not perhaps the way that it came across or something got twisted somewhere in a long line of telephone. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think, real, Charlotte, real, you're right. Real, Framing matters a lot with this because when we think about this, Dad, part of the conflict here is that quarterback is overall treated so differently around the league than every other position. Like the notion for almost any other position, if you had a guy that was playing tight end that was as good or in this case as you know poor at his job as Zach Wilson has sometimes been, the notion of weighing down the stretch of the season is my health versus my production on the field and my potential to show improvement on the field a better risk-reward proposition for me where, hey, maybe sitting down when tasked with going back in might be best. No other position has that luxury except for quarterback and really except for former first-round quarterback where Zach Wilson and the idea of talent that I could reclaim as another team could still be enticing. We see these first-rounders get every chance under the sun all the time. And so quarterback gets to weigh options in a way that's different from everybody else and if this were Zach Wilson trying to take his own career into his hands in a place where we have acknowledged in the past and Charlotte just hinted at there is a bit of a place where dreams go to die in New York with the Jets Zach Wilson is not the first person who's watched his career get crushed there weighing the idea of hey what's best for me and I saw Rob Sala kind of indicate that it's kind of like what we talked about with college players weighing playing in a bowl game or not Again, because of that position and because of Zach's spot, how that's framed is really the delicate part of all this. Yeah, and that that's exactly where I was going to go. This wouldn't happen at any other position. And I, I still, I guess, disagree there because I understand where your lot in life is. You know, you're talking about, you know, a Brock Bowers or, a, you know, a Marvin Harrison or, or somebody who could go back and doesn't go back. Let's, let's stick with Brock. He could go back and he's not going to. And, and I would say is not going to play in the bowl game. You would understand that because of the, the, the potential value there. I mean, let's let we have to face facts. Zach Wilson has been a bust 
as a high pick. So when you're that, your job is to reprove yourself. And you're not yeah. doing that by saying, I'm not going on the field. So I, that's where I disagree uh, with this stance. And, and I get it. It's his choice if that's what he wants to go. But to me, your bad play and then choosing to do that, that would, because he's, uh, as I said, he's going to be on a different team. Would that not affect you, Charlotte, if you're running a said team and thinking about bringing in someone like Zach? Would that not be a kind of an uh oh moment for you? No, totally. I, I definitely think so. I definitely think that if he wants to have a chance in this league in the future, he's got to go back out there. But I, I guess I wonder if this is how it, was said. I want. I. I feel right. like yeah. you know. I, Diana yeah. Rossini is an unbelievable reporter, so I'm not questioning anything she's saying. I'm wondering if something got twisted from something Zach said or something his camp, you know, floated to the organization, and somebody who heard that and took that as, oh, he doesn't want to play. Um, Mike, you said something like this earlier about, you know, well, is it his? Is it the fear of injury? Did that get warped a little bit? I, I think the messaging might have been a little muddy on this one. I agree. Yeah, I, I think ultimately that's what it is, is we don't know what question he was asking to whom inside the building and then how that was perceived. And so while the idea Dad's talking about I'm with is that it's probably better for him overall to be out there on the field, I also wouldn't fault him for asking a question to someone he thought he trusted and then being surprised when it ended up outside. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. And guys, we get some breaking news around here every once in a while. And man, did the stars align today. The mastermind herself couldn't have planned this any better for us. As we got the announcement before we get to some of Charlotte Wilder's takes on the college football playoff, everything that's transpired over this last week, we got to address... Time Magazine's 2023 Person of the Year, our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift, uh, out here getting it done. A hearty congratulations to Taylor. There was no surprise, but the thing I wanted to get to with you guys, because I remember we had talked about this at some juncture here in the midst of her concert. Charlotte, you and I both attended the concert. I know Dad did not attend the concert. Um, Jesse, did you go see Taylor Swift, by the way? I did not, no. Oh, okay. Well, I know you saw then felt the vibes around this and what everyone talked about going all the way back to JJ Watts original statement about seeing the concert early on about 
she's an athlete. She's an endurance athlete, what she did in the show. She addressed some of that. That was my biggest question coming off what was a three-hour-plus show, a 44-song set list, incredibly involved, song, dance, choreography, staging, what went into that? And Taylor Swift, in the interview for Time Magazine, joked around that in the past, she said, I used to tour like a frat guy. She said for this show, she began training six months before the first show, and she would run on the treadmill singing the entire set list out loud. Fast for fast songs, jog or walk for slower songs here. She had three months of dance training mixed in with all of this. She said that when she was on the show, she would not leave her bed on rest days except to get food and to get back to her bed and eat it there because her body after going out there and doing all of this in heels and very expensive ones, by the way, was absolutely kaput for a lot of this. And so it's every bit of what we expected, Charlotte, is that she approached this like a high-level athlete where she was not drinking out on the tour she was taking rest and recovery seriously and this was an absolute process to get ready for physically yeah you know that's sort of what i do working for metal arc and DraftKings. like it's <laughs> just an endurance game i'm just you know if i'm not on air i'm in my bed no just kidding uh that's fascinating to me because i i it makes me feel a little bit better too because it's like oh maybe she's a little bit human um because in my mind taylor swift would go out perform and then spend all day like sitting behind the desk that she has for the man with her feet up like emailing running her business empire but the fact that she was in bed getting food i'm like okay thank god because i would be i would be worried that she would collapse at some point but i'm i'm glad to know she was taking care of herself because what she was doing out there like also i can't even run on a treadmill like she ran on a treadmill and sang that for three and a half isn't that a marathon that's like a marathon running for three and a half hours yeah and especially I mean, in this day and age of people, like we've heard a, a lot of artists have had to cancel stops on their tour because they've lost their voice or, you know, blah, right. blah, blah. And she was just a machine during this tour. Mm-hmm. So, J- Jesse, Jesse, she said quickly. and her quote was, I know I'm going to be on that stage, whether I'm sick, injured, heartbroken, uncomfortable or stressed. That's part of my identity as a human being. Now, if someone buys a ticket to my show, I'm going to play it unless we have some sort of force majeure, like the heat that prompted the show in Rio to not be played, right. things like that. But dad, this is this is the approach that we hear from people when they talk about like playing every game of the NBA season where there's some kid somewhere yeah. that's going to get his only shot to come and see me play. She takes that seriously enough to go out here and put the body on the line. I'd like to know some of the IV she's getting too. It's got to be pretty good. I'd like to be part of that, uh, quite honestly. And there were nine finalists for this. Some we won't get into a lot of political stuff but a couple of them king charles iii who finally takes the throne once queen elizabeth passed away and me and my wife were watching the crown so you know same same scene yeah and and barbie it was one of the finalists as well uh oh yeah i love going but was it margot robbie uh, or barbie i was a little barbie 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 they were doing people like things as a whole like one of the uh the uh, nominees was hollywood strikers um another was trump prosecutors so there were there were multiples it was like groups it was really (laughs) weird kind of i I know i I know i I get that so but that's like when i worked at si and they made the golden state warriors the sports person of the year i was like pick one sorry pick Uh, one also if you're gonna do barbie if you're gonna do barbie make it margot robbie and greta gerwig thank you very much i rest my case thrilled that taylor got it though i I was gonna do a I was gonna do a roundup of you know things that um, 
2023 and and put one of the things that's going to be person I don't know that I thought the most about this year and it's like no contest it's Taylor Swift like I'll just be brushing my teeth being like so do we think that when she experiences you know and it's like what are you doing you don't know her she but she's like she just she has a hold on us and and I'm here for it we all have as if anybody thought I wasn't yeah we all have a parasocial relationship with Taylor Swift yeah, we do. And and Jesse, I'll ask you because Mike said she did some of the training with heels on, and as Mike said, expensive one. Since you are, you are uh, no, a resident I, 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 didn't, I didn't. I didn't say she did the training with the heels on. I cannot confirm that. I don't know that. I know her gym dog in anticipation okay. of the show. She did it with heels. Well, on she did the show with heels on, which is an athletic day. feat in itself. Which, which, mm-hmm. and is my, and I'm sure they are expensive heels. So Jesse, I'm going to go to our resident caviar person. The more expensive the heel, the less comfortable it is. Is is that true? I don't know. I've never worn heels let in my life. Let me continue so to refute this impression of me and let you know <laughs> that I do not wear heels. These are sneakers. Okay. <laughs> oh God, Jesse's showing feet on air. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, no, I showed my foot with a sneaker on. If you want the feet pics, <laughs> those are not free. Um, what I, I legitimately, if I go home and take, I'll do it. I'll take a picture of my closet. My husband's side is stacked with shoes. My side, I think I have 10 pairs of shoes and I do have a pair of heels and they are block heels. I can't wear a stiletto. Can you Charlotte? I only have platforms. Are we, what? I feel like everything you, I'm like. Have I found my soulmate? My Spider, soulmate. Yeah. That I did, yeah, I'm like, what? No, I can't wear heels either. I can't run and I can't wear heels. I had to run through the airport the other day. I was sore for like four days, which is why I've started trying to lift weights, <laughs> but I'll do like five pounds. So anyway, um, college football, I don't know. This feels more fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I'm serious yeah. though about the heels <laughs> thing. I will only wear a block heel and it's gotta be, it's two inch heel or lower. Like I can't go above two yeah. inches because then no. it's just, it doesn't work. Me too. <laughs> okay, good. This is, uh, honestly, this is encouraging because I always looked at high heels and went, this seems like a device manufactured for torture. Yeah. And I've heard varying opinions yeah. from varying women in my life about their opinion in heels. This is much more in line with how I would view it, which is why would I do this to myself when there's perfectly good comfy shoes that I've got over here? I understand, listen, I'm no stranger. I want my butt to look good too. I understand that that is a, reportedly a benefit of high heels, but how far can that go before we say, much like Zach Wilson weighing the risk and reward for going back out in the field or not. Hey, the risk of wearing heels and me, pot- I mean, God, especially my fat ass, I would drop that heel like a bad habit. You would hear that snap like it broke the sound barrier if I put a pair of those on here. And I've seen, I've done that to chair legs before. I can only imagine what I would do to a heel. But Gojo, you're single. I think- See, Charlotte and I are married. So we've already caught, we've caught a man. So we don't really, we don't need to make our butts look good in public anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, Jesse, it comes down to whether you've given up or not. Like yeah. I've I've made I've made a certain amount of peace with who I am and how I present. And I'm cool with it being that I am I'm, I admire I, I so deeply admire women who wear heels and 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 can can walk Brush well in them hair. and look amazing. Yeah. Like I really I just so I admire it. I love it. Sometimes I wonder what it's like to be it, but I have made peace with who I am, and I think there's also a, a lot of strength in that, shall we say. Yeah, we're brave. We are brave Mike, here. I would like you to put you guys, heels on. The- I would like you to put heels on, Mike, to see if you would break the heels, and make sure you take a picture of you in heels, because yeah. I'd like to see that. 
Send that out yeah. on the send Twitterverse. I, I will send that out there. I will try and emulate one of our other great endurance athletes of our timeline as we celebrate Taylor Swift for Time Magazine's Person of the Year for 2023. I will try and channel my inner Giselle Bundchen walking across the field at the Olympics where she was seen base. I mean, she was the biggest public figure maybe at that, but her long yeah. walk across the entire field yeah. in heels the entire way, never once breaking stride, never once nope. breaking a sweat, seemingly still walking to this day here uh i will try and emulate that one right now <laughs> coming up next if you thought this was great wait till you hear what charlotte wilder has to say about the state of florida state football coming off the cfb and the golden bachelor All right, guys, before we get to, uh, and again, thank you to our friend Charlotte Wilder for joining us every Wednesday here for a full hour of the show. Wilder Wednesdays are an institution around here at Gojo and Gold. You can check her out at the wilderthings.substack, oddball with Amin El Hassan, uh, four days a week, every day except Monday, doing great work, talking the NBA. We will get to her reaction to The Golden Bachelor and the fallout from that franchise that we've been chronicling around here in Reality Check for a while that got a very interesting plot twist. Not the kind that Jesse Palmer would have endorsed, but the one that we have to address. But Charlotte, you made a reference to it before uh, with the response from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, Florida State getting the hose job real bad, the college football playoff committee. You saw it play out like we did. We haven't talked to you since then. And there's been a wide range of opinions on what this means, not only for Florida State, but for the sport in general. So what was your reaction when you saw this come down? How in tune were you with what was going on here? Oh, my God. I, I was waiting for the, the college football rankings show to start. I was on my couch in a blanket, just like ready. I couldn't get enough. I was glued to the SEC championship game. I was rooting for Alabama, first of all, because... As a Patriots fan in the 2010s, I could not justify not being an Alabama fan. Do you know what I mean? It, it was like, I can't be like, oh, Alabama always wins. I hate them when, like, the football team yeah. I rooted for, the professional <laughs> team. Like, so I just by default, I've always had a soft spot for Alabama, but also because I wanted this chaos. And we got more chaos than I ever could have imagined. And I think that my main takeaway is... um do you remember when Darren Ravel was watching the presidential debate in 2016 and said, I feel sorry for our country, but this is tremendous content. Um, I feel sorry for FSU, but this is tremendous content. Um, and I think my initial reaction when the rankings came out was, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. Um, and then followed by, oh, does it make sense? And then it's gotten so convoluted that I don't even fully know what my opinion is anymore, except that they are so lucky this is the last year it's going to happen like this. Um, I do feel horrible for FSU. I also think it's just been sort of funny because college football is inherently ridiculous and like funny in a tragic way, I guess. Um, but when you get a quote like this from Ron DeSantis, who said um, when he talked about trying to get money to sue the, the committee, um, he said, my first grader, my fifth grader, my preschooler, they're all Knowles and they are big time fans and they do the tomahawk chop and they were not happy. And it's like, well, <laughs> if something gives us that, I mean, that's sort of yeah. high comedy at a certain point. You know what I mean? It's like everybody has... This yep. has become this has become and started to mean so much more than anything having to actually do with college football. 
that you got to sort of strap in and, and, and watch the movie. It is another in a string dad of college football stories that have broken contain. Like when the governor starts talking about it because he sees the opportunity in it because that's what politicians do, it's broken contain. Much the same way Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffs in the first quarter of the season broke contain. Much the mm-hmm. same way in the Michigan sign-stealing scandal broke contain. And now we got to hear, Charlotte, what you described and what I would like in this too, with college football right now is the way that we're trending is college football is a sport made up of what if every night for dinner you went out for the biggest and best meal of your life? You decided I was going to go out to this nice restaurant that I've had on the list for weeks that's hard to get into, and I'm going to eat to my heart's content. And it feels great, and it's awesome, and it's fun, and everybody talks about it, and we get to post about it after. And no one's going to have a bad time doing that, but it's probably not good for your health long term. And that's kind (laughs) of where we're at, where we're ignoring things that are good for our long-term health in college football right now for the sake of what's the biggest, most fun thing that we can do at every juncture. And, Dad, that's kind of what this decision reeked of. Yeah, this it's be kind of becoming macro micro in football. So many off the field things. We have more news that we'll get to about paying players. You know where that's going to happen. We have the portal, which we've been talking about with over eleven hundred players in it already. But but man, this one this one hurts me as a former player. Just boiling it down to players that a team playing in Power Five, playing a Power Five schedule, going undefeated, winning the Power Five conference doesn't get in. That just it doesn't sit right with me. And I know it's fully because. The committee had uh, Charlotte their clause in there that said we can do this if yeah. we think the team is different, which it is different. But I, I, I still don't buy it. Uh, and as I said yesterday, I don't I, or about this, I don't buy the fact that oh we're just asking for a blowout because every year nine eight years before it was just last year where there were two one score games in the semis. Every year, either one or both semis were blowouts. So I don't want to hear that argument anymore. So this one really hits micro to me as far as a bunch of guys who did everything the coach asked them to do, passed every test on the field that they passed at times with a backup and at times with a third-string quarterback, and, and they got shafted. That, that's just a tough one for me to get by. No, I look, I completely agree. I think I think my thoughts about it right now are more about the noise around it. Um, I think when you've got Jordan Travis tweeting out that he wish he'd broken his leg sooner, yeah. that's the most damning evidence you could need to be like, this was the wrong decision. I also don't. I think a lot of teams have been scrappy when they've been in situations like this. I would have loved to see Florida State have a chance to go up against um, a Michigan and be like, okay, well, what can you do here? Um, and if they got blown out, they got blown out. But I think um, it, they're definitely, I have a hard time thinking that there wasn't an Alabama. Well, what if we did it? Because, you know, it's where the money is a lot of the time. Um, and I'm not saying that's why they did this, but I think it's impossible to hold those two things separately that Alabama was both the most deserving team and just, it's jumped the shark at this point and it's gone from a conversation about what should have happened for these players and it's gone into what does your opinion about this matter have to say about you and how does that reflect on your identity well uh no better segue than in talking about how things are presented and how they reflect about how we feel about ourselves than finishing off with a little reality check with the golden bachelor charlotte because the hollywood reporter came out with an article before the finale of the golden bachelor a season made up of primarily uh you know septuagenarians and 
older folks with the Golden Bachelor, Gary, who was at the center of this decision, trying to find love in a franchise that normally deals with 25 and 30-year-olds. And we get down to the end and we get an article, Charlotte, that a man who was presented as someone who was a widower, who had not dated since he had lost his wife, had been largely living a life alone, and then came to this show to find love. Not necessarily the case. All sorts of rumors about him actually having a dating life after that, him having a live-in girlfriend that he apparently treated poorly at the time. You wrote about it, Charlotte. How did it impact you? I know it took a little bit of the edge off it, and it was a good reminder for me that most of what we get in reality TV is carefully manicured to make us feel a certain way, and they got their their objective done for a long portion of this process. Totally, Mike. We were texting about this when the article came out, and I was horrified. It was so much worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, go read it or read my Substack, the Wilder Things at Substack.com. Um, but I think that I was watching a Katie Couric interview, actually, where she asked him about this, and he completely sidestepped the question. He he just sort of admitted it was true, and Teresa's sitting there being like, eh. and the whole thing just feels grimy. And I think yeah. that, I think that. It's exactly what you said. What you see on reality TV is always created with an agenda. And the thing that feels gross to me is that there are real people at the heart of this. But it's also like, who knows what those people are like? Who knows what any of these women had going on? Like, let's dig into everybody. Okay, well, we're probably going to find a lot of questionable things. These people have lived long lives. Yeah, you probably are going to do, do that as well. And, you know, can we even call it reality TV when it seems so scripted? And, and I agree with you, Charlotte, that people will dig into their backgrounds. But Gary, let this happen. I mean, if they truly said we're going to hide this, he was the one that could have said he obviously wanted to be on that show. So he said, I'll go along with I the also lie. Knew it. And, and, and I just knew it to think, yeah, I know, I know, reading your article, you said tell. you had known it. And just to, just to, to know he went along with that. Man, it just gives you a tough... They're going to get married, what, June, uh, January 4th? And I think they're going to live in Charleston. So we'll see how this thing works, Mike. Yeah, uh, no, it's going to be fascinating, but definitely leaving on a sour note, there's no doubt. Leaving on a high note, though, for us, Charlotte Wilder, again, check out Oddball with her and Amin El Hassan every day but Monday here on the DraftKings Network, doing a great job for Meadowlark and otherwise here. Charlotte, thank you so much, friend. We appreciate you. Always a pleasure. Love you guys. Mean it. Charlotte, you should know my nephew Jackson. You're his favorite day uh, to watch on TV uh, because he loves all the no. balls in the background on your uh, thing there. He points oh. very furiously at the TV when you're up there. Oh, Jax. Oh, my God. Well, he does, say, say hi. he does say he says he wishes you would get out of the way so he could see more of the stuff behind you. <laughs> yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send him I'll send him the uh, the photo that I used. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.